Hello, everyone. We're back. This is Julie. And Molly. And this is Raw Honey, the podcast. Welcome back. We are continuing episode two. So this is part two, the one about anxiety. Heck yes. Molly's going to play us a clip. So. Yes, here is my clip. Um, I wanted to just kind of touch into my side of the anxiety. I know we kind of got Julie's side on part one, so I kind of recorded my own thing. I felt more comfortable in my own, my own in my own space. Yeah, recording something for you. So judgmental. Um, so anyway, give it a listen, and uh, and we'll continue. Okay, so anxiety, my anxiety, big picture, I suffer from it. I have anxiety. Biggest problem is my health anxiety. I have a problem with death. To me, death is not just inevitable. It's around every corner. It's in every mysterious lump that I discover. It's every odd symptom. It's every... It is the possibility. It is the certainty for me in my head when something's not right, something doesn't feel right. Um, and it's been like this for quite some time. I, I know my anxiety was born out of my postpartum depression that I suffered from after my first child, but I do know, looking back, that anxiety was present uh, my whole life. Up until now, it, it's been with me. It runs in my family. You know, I've got it. We've joked. We joke about it. But um, it's it's something that I wrestle with, and I think I never had to call it out prior to these past three years because it wasn't as detrimental to my life. It wasn't shoving its foot in front of me, so to speak, in a way that uh, where I needed to address it. But I became a mom, and these things got magnified for me. My health anxiety blew up. I know in my head, in my heart, what I believe and I know what it sounds like to say these things that are in my heart and in my head out loud for other people. Um, I'm to the point where I, I, I know my thoughts were and are quote-unquote irrational but the hardest part is it's hard for me to even find words for this the hardest part is taking ownership and then addressing it and then dealing with the guilt from it because I know that in my incessant worry and my anxiety that I hurt people. I know that I push people away. I know that I'm not the best mom, wife, daughter, friend. And everything, and I mean everything, gets pushed aside when I have something heavy. When I have a health anxiety weighing heavy on my mind. In the past couple years, I've seen countless doctors, and I'm not just talking about general practitioners. I've seen countless specialists for various reasons. I'd say 90% of the time it was unwarranted or unnecessary, unneeded. I received biopsy after biopsy, scan after scan, x-ray after x-ray. 
all to which most of them were not needed, but it was like this, this high, this, I, I kind of equate it to a drug. It was this feeling that I had to chase for someone in the medical field to look me in the eye and say, guess what? Normal. No problem. What you thought isn't happening. Don't worry about this. You know, in that moment, you don't have to worry about this particular thing. And it worked for like five seconds. I'd satisfy something and I would think I had myself convinced that I could go home and, and go back to being happy. And I, it just has never been the case when one thing gets crossed off. My anxiety is already halfway through writing the next sentence. It's on, it's always on to the next thing. I can't not have anything there at the top of my list to worry or chase. And it's exhausting. People mean really well in trying to help me with it. My husband has, my family has, my friends have. I don't even know what I would want these people to say to me, I guess. I mean, they're not doctors. They're not God. They don't know the answers in, that I need, I guess. And I get frustrated and I lash out and I, I say things to these people. And it's just totally unfair because what would I expect them to say? What would I want them to say to me? I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. There's, you know, hearing I'm being silly. I'm being irrational. This isn't true. I need to stop. Look what you're doing. You're you're worrying your life away. This is going to kill you. The worry is going to kill you. You're not going to die from cancer. This is what's going to kill you. I've heard it and I hear it all the time. And I know it comes from a place of love um, and people wanting to put the time in because they think I'm worth the time. And there lies the guilt from suffering from anxiety is watching yourself do this to the people that you love and the people that depend on you. And I know there are days when I'm not a happy mom and I'm not a pleasant person to be around. And I mean, I can say all this now because I finally do feel like I'm growing and getting to a place where I've at least called, called it what it is and I'm taking steps to address it and accept I've accepted help. And I'm, you know, I really do feel like I'm making strides in getting a handle on my health anxiety, but the damage is done, so to speak. I mean, I have anxiety about my anxiety. I have guilt upon my guilt. I, I've i had so much radiation this year because of scans to tell me that I'm fine, that now I'm convinced that those scans are, are what are going to kill me, that my anxiety literally will kill me. It's just this vicious cycle, and... <sighs> When you discover you have a breast lump or, you know, you have chain, chest pains that feel like a heart attack or you have a throb in your leg that you're assuming is a blood clot and, you know, you race to the ER for these things. I, I Maybe you don't and it's just me, but I do. And I do like, I, I watch myself driving there and I watch myself booking these appointments and part of me is watching from somewhere else and wondering where, where the girl is that lived before this. Sometimes I, I look back at pictures and I'll, or I'll scroll through a Facebook album from a particular vacation or sometime in my life where I knew I wasn't wrestling with this particularly. And I just fantasize about being there and not being here just in like a blissful, blissfully ignorant kind of way. Um, cause it's not true. I wouldn't trade what I have now to go back then. I just, some days I just want so badly to escape my mind and to escape the traffic, the, the static, the thoughts that just race and race and race and 
shove each other to to be up front and you know when one gets knocked away the other one fights for position and I just it's off to the next doctor and it's off you know to cancel another thing another event with a friend because I have to go take care of this test or get and then I have to wait a week for this result and I'm a mess in the meantime and don't even try and make me happy in the meantime because I've already got it figured out in my head that I'm going to get bad news next week and therefore this week to me is not worth being happy you know how dare I there's people out there with real problems and and real terminal diseases and diagnoses and my husband has pointed out to me so many times that my outlook on life is equivalent if not worse to one of those people that actually does have something taking their life or or, or drastically changing their life and you know how dare I Truly, I, I do. I ask myself it day in and da- day out, how dare I? Um, I don't even know. I just... I have feared for my life so much. I feared for my kids' lives so much. I spent my almost the entire pregnancy of my second son worrying about his life. And for reasons that I'm sure people would have not even batted an eye at. I mean, people have real, real concerns, bigger um, prenatal problems than what I had. But in my mind, I was, you know, this was going to be it for him. And I was going to die from melanoma because I've, you know, I was born a certain way, predisposed to certain cancers, and I'm definitely going to get them. Of course I am. And it's just a mess. It's a mess up there. It's a mess in my head. And I'm a lot better than I was, but the damage is certainly done. And it's something I'm extremely embarrassed about. I've missed a lot of life, specifically in these past couple years. And if there's just one thing I'm thankful for right now, in this moment, it's knowing that I've kind of woken up recently to see that this doesn't have to be it. This doesn't have to be the way things roll on forever. And I have an opportunity to stop this in its tracks, but I got to do the work and I got to figure out how to stop the other anxiety. And I know I can do it because I, I fought, fought off depression and I didn't think in the moment back then I could do that. And, I can do this. I just, it's just important to open it up and share about it and let people know that you may feel this way and you're not alone. And, you know, I could be in a crowded room and look around and like I often do and just wish myself to be anyone else just for a second, because I bet their minds aren't convincing them that they're dying in this moment the way mine is. And, but who am I to say, right? I don't know. I just, that's the way my mind works. I look at everybody else and I just, I envy that they're not wrestling with this, but it's just not true. We all have our struggles. We all have things we're wrestling with. But anyway, long story short, this is mine. That's my brief um, account of what's going on with me and my health anxiety. So that was Molly and her feelings on anxiety when we did part one. We talked about me and mine, and it was more of a social 
battle and Molly's obviously is more on health. So health is a completely different battle. I feel like because, you know, we're, it revolves around death. It's such a big, yeah, a yeah. heavy thing as opposed to just. Yeah. And I'm hoping by what we shared that we're kind of touching on a multitude of people with yeah. anxiety because we haven't even shared. I still have, I'm sure you do too. There's still other ways I suffer from anxiety. Oh gosh, yeah. These were just kind of like our two, um, biggest I just feel like that was my biggest maybe that was your biggest so it's a total ongoing conversation I don't think that was it you didn't get me in a nutshell and you didn't get Julie in a nutshell but I think it was enough material for us to go ahead and talk now about where we are now versus where we were I feel before. I feel like that is like my biggest struggle over everything else and yours is probably health like yours yeah. your biggest for sure thing for sure but you had a big epiphany today in the car, didn't you? You were like... I did. I, I was doing this podcast, and I was like... Yeah, so last night I texted Julie, and I uh, sent that little clip to her, and I said, hey, you know, I instead of us just talking about me tomorrow for episode two, part two, um, I wanted to just kind of get my stuff out. And the, this whole week, I got to tell you, I've been, like, <laughs> anxious about recording the anxiety part of this podcast on my own stuff. I had no problem talking about Julie's, but... With mine, I just couldn't see myself back and forth at the table really painting a good picture of where I was, and I actually struggled. Even last night, I like couldn't get myself into um, the headspace to even talk about it. I was like so shocked, and I honestly, because I sat down and I thought like, okay, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna, you know, here's my tissues, here's my, and I wasn't at like at one point. I had to actually sit at my computer and pull up some old pictures, um, read some old emails. I actually read an old blog post of mine just to kind of like put myself back in there and I just had this moment today in the car with Julie where I was like holy crap like the fact that I had to do that the fact that I couldn't just slip right back to talk about all this showed me something right yeah, like it showed me that I'm you're not growing baby yeah I just that was a really cool moment for me to um and I'm not saying I was lying or acting or anything like I really did um do, do some soul searching last night I probably recorded that little clip I don't know eight times because each time I recorded it I thought oh there's something else I you know, and still, there's there's things I'm like I wish I had shared or um, gave a little more detail on, but I d- of course didn't want to keep your ear for 40 minutes on my own story. Oh, you could have. <laughs> I love hearing all about it. It's different than mine, so yeah. Um, especially as your friend, it's hard for me to understand. Even as somebody who deals with anxiety, right? I know that like when people people used to tell me, "Oh, just put your kids in school," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I sure will." Nope, won't ever be doing that. Like in, right. in the back of my head, I'm like, "No, I won't." I like. Right. I can't put my kids in school. So I get like, but for me, I'm like, uh, yeah, knock it off, Molly. Like you don't have cancer. You're not going to die. Right. Come on. You know? So it's interesting to hear her recording because it kind of gives you a glimpse into her life. Like when she says that she was uh, Googling it and, you know, it sends you down the path. And she was saying that, of course, everybody is going on and asking and telling their stories, but nobody's going back on to say hey i'm healed or um or this ended up to be nothing to worry about so don't you worry it's always the no this ended up really bad for me yeah or it's just the question and nobody comes back to like follow up with it i have so many dead ends i get to a dead end like that and it's just like uh, and the whole time it's just get off get off get off and go play with your kids get off and go enjoy your life get off and talk to your husband about this instead of googling it it's just it's such a it really is like a drug you know, it, yeah. it, it's a, it's an addiction. It's a problem. And you told me today I thought was fascinating. When I first met Molly, she had a flip phone, and I always just thought yeah. she was, like, old school. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know why you had a flip phone. Yeah. And she taught me told me today that it was because of 
the Google. Yeah, yeah, I had to get um, not only just the capability to Google something off my phone, like it could not be at my fingertips. My husband and I got to, we had a long discussion and it just, this was something that was eating away at me and my marriage and I just, it could not be at my fingertips anymore. And just deleting the app off the phone, almost like when we get out of Facebook and we're like, well, the app's not on my phone, so I won't go on. Like, no, we all know there's ways to get around it. You can log in through the internet. So I had to actually get rid of the whole smartphone situation, um, which was hard. I did it for almost a year. So I think I did like 10 months without a smartphone. I had a flip phone and I learned a lot. That was a good thing. But I just, um, looking back now, like that was a good step. I guess that was a good thing to try. Do I, do I have a smartphone now? Yes. Do I have some more healthy boundaries that I've set for myself? Yes. Am I perfect at it? Do I still not, do I not Google things? No. I mean, I'm a mom. We all do it. Like a kid gets a rash and you hop on. So where, where, if you could look back over these last few months, do you notice like a point in time when things started to get better? Yeah. Last week, (laughs) honest to God, last week was the first time. I think I just haven't, um, has something happened? I was waiting for test results as you know. Yeah, I know. But did anything like. Like, why were you so concerned know. about it before? And now you're not, now you're, you were like, okay with waiting. Like you kept saying to me last week, like, I'm just not, so not yeah, worried. I kept saying, I'm so not me. I usually like, I, if I were waiting for a result any other time, I would be in a terrible mood. I would, I would have this attitude like, well, I'm not going to go have fun and hang out because I know I'm just going to get bad news. Why enjoy today? Like, it's terrible. It's a freaking toxic way to think that way. But last week I just, I filled myself up with like fun things. I hung out with you, like you know, and I, I had the right, um, ingredients for a disaster, right? My husband's away. I'll yeah. I'm alone. I even, I, of course, cause I have that thought like, up oh, the phone's going to ring and they're going to give me the big C word. And here I am alone with two kids. My husband's gone. And I even said that to him last week and he gave me the token, like, you're not going to get bad news. Isn't it funny too? I was thinking about this yesterday. Yesterday, Molly and I took our kids out to the trampoline park and then we went to Chick-fil-A and we just had like a really good time. It was a really fun afternoon. And then yeah. Molly came home and she was trying to record this podcast on anxiety and she like couldn't get in a mental yeah that's too happy she was too happy. Was too happy so doesn't that speak to like the choice you have every day to like fill yourself up with good things and we discuss this all the time and I did an Instagram post about it recently about standing in your integrity as a mom like I'm gonna do the things that bring me joy I'm gonna be exactly who I am as a mom so that I'm happy because yesterday at the trampoline park everybody was winning right the kids are having a great time we were having a great time it was just so and like Molly even we went to Chick-fil-a we went to Chick-fil-a did the same exact routine three months ago and we went to Chick-fil-a and Molly was not the Molly who was there yesterday she was like I left like stressed. Yeah, super stressed. So to see her yesterday, I kept thinking about you yesterday as I saw you in the playroom. And even like as we were sitting there eating, it was just like, yeah, eat, don't eat. Like, this is for me. Like, this is my time. This is, you know, we're doing stuff for both of us. I'm not going to sit here and stress over a chicken nugget. Yeah. You know, things like that. Or or even Daniel was like, um, I felt three months ago, he didn't want to climb over the mesh. Yeah. What a a good analogy, right? Like three months ago, he was a scared activity at a heart he had this like breakdown nervous thing and happen. you were kind of nervous that day though yeah, you were like go rescue my kid yeah but you you i wonder if in that moment your energy was kind of per, like oh for sure onto him i don't yeah. know what, what is that word but you know yeah deferred onto him and i wonder if he was like picking up on your anxiety of that day totally and he wasn't able to make it across the bridge. Now, yesterday, Molly's in this, like, great headspace. She's, like, killing it as a mom, oh. just enjoying life. Her kids were having <laughs> a good time. Things weren't going perfectly. You know, no. we were kind of running around. Does. It never does. Who but, cares? like, we were both in just enjoying life. Yeah. And then you come home, 
And it just like it fueled the rest of your day. Yeah, like you no one even napped. Like it, it was a, it was again it was a recipe for disaster. Like it was a recipe to send me down the stairs, and it didn't. And, and it you're didn't. right. And I even texted Julie in the morning when uh, we were making plans. We kind of were like, you know what? Let's go out. Let's do something for all of us. And what did I text you? I said, say it's going to be a good day. And yeah. you're like, heck yeah, it is. Like, just the fact that we did that. Like, I, I not in like an unhealthy, like, set an expectation so that if it wasn't, like, we were going to crash. But, like, I don't, I feel like the day almost just didn't even have a chance to go haywire because no. I started out the right way. And I know it seems like such an easy thing to say, like, okay, well, you're suffering from anxiety. Just tell yourself good things right good things on a note like but it's it's true it's cliche because it's true because i don't know when you asked me like what specifically happened i don't know what was that like three months ago maybe that's yeah. a good kind of it was right it, right in december yeah so maybe it was like three months ago what happened from then till now I, I think it was just this slow seamless intertwining of like good good things. stuff Good yeah. stuff. And I mean, even the, the podcast, I feel like, it, or not the podcast, but the whole blog experience in and of itself, it yeah. gives Molly and I something else to put our energy into. And mm, totally. I, I just feel like it's totally changed my perception every day because every day I get up and it's like I run in to see the girls and I'm excited to do my things too. Right. Before it was like, I'm just a mom. I'm yeah. just a mom. I'm just a mom. And now I'm a mom. I have a podcast. I have friends. I have. Like, it's yeah. just cool now. You know, it's there's cool. other things that are happening in my life that I can turn to. You know, it's not yeah. just all about that. And I loved what Kathy said yesterday. I don't even remember what podcast it was, 292 or something about. She talks about how she doesn't like to play people. Those little people, like the little people, I think they're called. Yeah, like imaginary. And imaginary play. And they, her kids would get out these dolls and she, they would want her to play. And she's like, for the longest time, she battled with it because – she felt guilty. You know, your kids want to play. They come over to you with a bunch of trucks or um, my kids love to play Play-Doh and stuff. And and I will at times, but there are days that I just don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, there are days that I just, I want to organize my closet or <laughs> sit and watch a show or listen to a podcast. And if, if we can own that and be happy, I feel like that's, it creates this environment that's like, okay, maybe we're not down on the floor playing, but we could get down on the floor and play and be miserable doing it. And they're picking up on our frustration or we continue to do the things that bring us joy. We're authentic with them. We show up in different ways that are right. meaningful to us and meaningful to them. And right. then they learn that this is who my mom is. This is These are the things she enjoys. She's the person that's going to sit down with me and have talks with me. She's the person that's going to take me out and do fun things with me. We're going to go to the park. We're going to go to the trampoline park. We're going to go take picnics. Those are the things that my mom loves to do with me. And you can show up in a really authentic way that you feel good about. Right. And it's just like, it changes the day. I feel like. Yeah. And to, to your point, I just, as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I was, maybe my happiness was just turned up. <laughs> I know that sounds really silly, but like maybe my happiness was just turned up loud enough lately that it drowned out the other yeah. stuff you know like and that's not an easy thing to do it's, it, it, but it's unless you're authentically happy right you can just right. you can be suffering depression or anxiety and think okay well what will make me happy okay I'll go get a pedicure and you think to yourself all right this should blanket this should cover it and it doesn't but is that was that what was going to make you happy almost like what Steph was saying like find the fire like find yeah what's causing the smoke what's you know address these underlying issues and maybe mine was that I just Maybe it's not all health anxiety. Like I told you, maybe there's other things. I just wasn't happy 
and I needed something like this. You're not being or the, you. the real authentic Molly, like right. as a mom. Right. You're trying to be, and I, I'm guilty of this too, I was trying to be the type of mom that I see on social media. I was trying to be the type of mom that I see in my friends. I wasn't being the mom that's true to me and my identity, my interests. Right. So my integrity. So uh, this is where I feel like the self-awareness part has been huge for us is that we have these conversations with ourselves and we say, who am I? What brings me joy? What doesn't bring me joy? Because even saying I don't like imaginary play was kind of huge because yeah. before I used to sit and do it and be miserable and didn't really give it much thought. But when I, I stop and I listen to myself and I say, am I enjoying this right now? No, I'm not. Why do we guilt ourselves into doing those things? Why can't we honor the fact that we show up for them in ways that are authentic to us and right. be okay with it? And that is the work that we've been doing, I feel like, these last few months is that we're listening to ourselves about what we enjoy and what we don't, what works and so what true. does not work for us. And then we're okay with it. Yeah. We let the guilt go because the guilt is just wasted energy, right? Right. And if we continue to fill ourselves up with things that bring us authentic joy, right. like the trampoline park, it does quiet everything else. Because when you're sitting there miserable, you ruminate about every little exactly. thing. Every little thing. Exactly. And I'm thinking to myself, is it fair to them if we're sitting and I'm fake playing trains with them and I'm perseverating over my breast lump or these result like is that fair to them for me to sit in my house and think that I'm checking a mom box and by doing this with them it's not fair to them and and people would say well maybe they don't they can't tell they can tell they can oh my totally gosh, tell totally they, he's three and he's a sponge he's so receptive so like it's, that's exactly what you just said and I think of two examples I think of Kat and Megan right our two friends that we um have spent some time with recently Kat's advice from her mother-in-law right the 15 minutes a day like oh, to I be love that when she said her mother-in-law told her even just even make an effort to make this take 15 minutes out of your day and just be there for them show up for them in, in whatever way they want maybe Daniel wants to play trains right I can play trains for 15 minutes hardcore get into it like do the, the little voices I can do that for 15 minutes what I can't do is five minutes here and there throughout my day where I'm just kind of half in half out you know, that's not fair to him. So I just, I've been kind of using that a lot. And I was so thankful she brought that to my attention because I had kept it in my mind. Like I can give him 10 minutes of this because when it comes down to it, sure. I need to do the things that make me happy to be authentic for myself and for them. But once in a while I do need to do yeah. what fills them up. It's never play people. Exactly. It's just, but don't do it out of spite or out of um, guilt. fear, guilt, yeah. anything like that. Do it authentically. And I can do it authentically for a couple minutes and give them that good amount of time. So uh, that's what I was thinking of. And with Megan, Gosh, what was I just thinking about with Megan? Somebody Legos? said, uh, no, no, that was really good. <laughs> just, need to buy that She's guy. like, dad is the Lego guy, not me. Yeah. What? Oh man, I just lost this thought. Sorry, Megan. It'll come to me when they, I know you people, we hang, we ha but we absorb this stuff from people. And I just feel like that's, that's the work. Is Sometimes putting... I don't even think that people realize how brilliant they are and like yeah. the things that we pick up from each other. And that's why I love, like we had coffee with my friend Megan the other day. Um, and we saw Kat yesterday at the playground and they just like, you give us, um, tidbits to take home and yeah. you kind of challenge each other. Like, Hey, try this. Hey, try this. And, yeah. and you go home and like, we offered Meg some things and yeah. Yeah, maybe she'll do them. Maybe she won't. And she's, she recommended some things and maybe we'll take them. Maybe yeah. we won't, but it's, it's great to have those conversations and to, to have the dialogue where you're throwing ideas out there and, you know, we're all kind of in it together where we're like walking side by side, trying to like get through this season yeah. of life and we're all trying different things. Our kids are different and we're just 
Exactly. But we keep going forward. We keep trying new things. We keep having the the conversations, you know, because we care. Like, right. Right. That makes you a good mom. (laughs) Yeah. Right there. And and it's not always perfect, but these moments where you stay authentic to yourself, I feel like are so important. And that's what I I love about the self-awareness piece of all of this with anxiety because that it's a reminder that I do show up in other ways. Like I am a great mom. Sorry. In other ways. Go. My light bulb went on when you said that. When we were, with the advice that we were giving Megan in um, the nighttime, Megan's having a hard time with the nighttime, right? The sleep. Mm -hmm. Kids not sleeping. Eight month old. And we were saying, you have all day to show that child that you are there for them. That like the daytime is your time to show him that you are his nurturer. You are there for him. You care for him. And we were trying to get the point across that like nighttime doesn't, you know, at this point in his life, in your life, it doesn't need to be that time. The nighttime is for sleeping. You, you've shown him all day that you love him. Yeah, who don't told wor- you that? I forget, but it was really great advice. Man, that was that. I love that. You know, they don't. They, you don't love them any less just because you're not showing up for them. And it's at not. Night. It's not that you have to put them to bed. And it, I'm. We're just saying. We were trying to say to Megan. We were all having this conversation that if nighttime is an issue for you and you are not the best mom without sleep, there are things that you can try. And if it's, if, if nighttime is working for you and you're up every three hours and, and that's, that works for you, then keep doing what you're doing. There's right. nothing wrong about it. You know, it's, it's stay true to who you are as a mom and what works for you. But, um, if like for me, I know that if I don't get sleep, that I'm not going to be a good mom the next day. And I love that advice from whoever you got it from, because it's so true. We show up for them from seven to seven. Like I am so there for them. In every single possible way. Right. During the day. But nighttime, I need to recharge. And yeah. and I have to be okay with that. And there are people out there that disagree. There are people out there that will show me study after study after study. But I know for me and the kind of mom and the kind of anxiety and struggle that I deal with, it makes the most sense for me to do certain things at nighttime, to have mm-hmm. a nighttime routine, to make sure that they're in, um, that we go through they're in bed by 7.30, that we right. have a, the green buggy. It's like, oh, until yeah. the buggy turns green, you can't come out. And it's right. not that, like, they're screaming bloody murder. I don't I go in. Say, if there's a fever or throwing up, it's not like we're like, well, it's nighttime. And no, but that's sleep. what works for me. And this yeah. is what gets so frustrating about the judging is that you're doing so from your own perspective for what things – for your truth. And when people are judging you for different things, they're forgetting that – some of us struggle with anxiety. Some right. of us are parenting alone. Some of us have other things going on. Our lives don't look exactly the same. So for somebody to say, you have to do it this way, your way is wrong, you're forgetting about every other piece of the puzzle. And right. that's why I feel like social media and um, just the kind of environment that we live in today where everybody has an opinion about something, it's really hard on us because you feel like you're not doing it right. If you're not playing people all the time, that you're not as good of a mom. If you don't run to your kids every time they make a noise throughout the night, you're not a good mom. If you don't cook organic food and home-cooked meals every time, you're not as good of a mom. And that is so false. Yeah. Being a good mom is being a happy mom and being um, available to them in a positive way. And that is what I'm learning, that you have to – part of the work is tuning everybody else out and figuring out what works for you mm-hmm. and staying true to that because the only people we have to answer to are our children 
So all this anxiety that we deal with during the day of from social media and friends and the guilt, the mom guilt, which we will always deal with. There's always a level of that. But how do you silence? Like that was part of the reason why I got off Facebook because right. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want that to even cross my mind. Right. No, it's so true. And like Steph um, was saying with her anxiety on her life, because yes, I have the health anxiety. That's what we talked about. But my other anxiety, my general, what I'll say, my general anxiety does stem from that underlying issue of insecurity, right? Like, and it's yeah. so, it's all, when I look back, all the times that I had really bad anxiety around breastfeeding, around it, everything happened during those times where it was the social media spotlight on breastfeeding, on how sleeping, like, right? The word, if I oh say my God, words yeah. to you, if I say cry it out, if I say cloth diapers, if I say sleep training, anything, like, those are the, those are the triggers that, you know, the right, hot, button, hot, button, hot issues. button issues, right? And I just, the, all of that anxiety was stemming from me thinking I wasn't good enough or I wasn't doing it the right way. And if I could, if I could just go back and slap myself and, and get, but you can't, right? And like what you had said with doc, what Dr. Duffy had said about it's ink on the page, right? Like those, that story yeah. is written, that chapter of my life is written, but it does not mean I can't go back and read it or learn from it and change. And it doesn't have to continue to be written like that. No, you write a new chapter. Yeah. Like the old chapter is already, the ink is already dried on that chapter. I love that. But we can write a new one going forward and you learn from, you know, the mistakes that we have made. And I, so we, we have been dealing with this anxiety thing and I feel like calling attention to it. You said in your pod, in one of your clips too, about how you call it. Once you called attention to it, then the guilt set in. Yeah. And how you're dealing with that now is it? Yeah, it's almost like that? it's almost like a PTSD type feeling now. Is that okay? Now that I'm, I don't want to say through it or on the other side because I'm not, but I do feel like I'm not in the thick of it anymore. Now I look back and I have um, the majority of what I'm feeling is guilt for what happened or guilt for how I have acted or, or treated people, um, and that's 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 my hardest focus right now. Even when I have a day where I feel like I've slipped, right? So maybe I'm not still where I was, but I have a day like the other day, right? When I told you I was just really angry for some reason, this was the day after I got my good news. So who knows why, but I was just ragey and, and angry and anxious. And just for the day, it was just like a weird, I felt myself kind of slipping back, which again, shows my work. If I, if I'm right. able to watch what's happening and go, Ooh, this is, this is how I used to be. What's going on. The fact that I'm just aware of that is huge. And I feel like that's awesome. Um, but then the guilt of that, it's like, I have a choice. I can, I can let myself feel guilty for that whole day and beat myself up all night. And that just, that just kicks me back down the hill, right? Cause like it's bath time and my kids are in the tub and all I'm sitting there thinking about is what a shitty mom I was all day. It's like, is that fair to them? I just, it's so hard, but I have to break up. I have to break up with that. I really do. It's ink on the page. Like you said, like I did it. I cannot erase it, but I can do the next right thing. I keep that one in my head a lot too. Yeah, I always do think the next, you have the next, even have the next right thought. Right? Like, if, if I sense a thought coming in about me being a shitty mom or me doing the wrong thing during the day, fine. That thought came. It, I shouldn't, I don't have to believe it. I just can, the next thing I think should be a better thought. Yeah. And the the so thought hard. should be, thank God I'm doing the work now because right. this could have went on, because it already went on for me 30 years. It could have went on 40 years, right. 50 years, 60 years. My kids are two, almost two and three. So, yeah. Thank God that I recognize this now right. and stopped it and I'm working on it. And it's not that I'm perfect, but I'm making progress. Every day I try, I show up mm -hmm. and it's a step forward. And there are days that we take two steps back, but we're still moving. Mm -hmm. We are off the rocking chair, which when I, t when I take a step back, 
I, I really have been able lately to like let go of the guilt because it's like, okay, it happened, but we're still moving, Julie. Look, we're still moving forward. We are not just, it's not this vicious cycle like it was for a really long time. And I find, I like, I know you, I know health anxiety kind of hits you harder because it's such a, a heavy thing, but, um, I hope you realize that. I hope in those like hard moments that you realize totally. that like this could have went on Oh, absolutely. Way longer than... Yesterday wouldn't have happened. I texted you that morning and I just said, hey, Julie, just so you know, I'm going to put my phone... What did I say? I'm just not going to be on my phone this morning. I need to just... I did thinking last night and I just need to be here with my kids and not let any other noise, whether it be texts or emails. And it wasn't anything against you. I was just like, I got to shut it down for a second and just be happy. And what did we do? We met up and we had this like great day. Like that... I don't know. it, It was just... I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have texted you that unless I had... I'm not trying to like toot my own horn and say like, no, go yeah. Molly. <laughs> no, but you should. But, you should be really proud. Yeah, I just that was a step for me. That was just a small thing for me to say. Hey, phone's going down. Today's a different. Today's a new day. I don't. Yesterday happened, and it's going to stop right there, even and, just for today. But this is that's something you build on because the next time you you're in a similar funk, you can pull on this memory of yesterday right. and be like, that worked. So yeah. let's try that again. Right. And those are the things that you're building in your mind when we talk about laying new roads, when Stephanie was talking about the highways and the detours and mm-hmm. construction. That's what we're talking about is that it takes time to relay new roads because for for so long, this is how we thought. And right. those roads are paved and hard. They have been and there quicker, for a while. And easier. it's quicker. It's easier. But it's time. We are we are laying new roads. And it, it takes time and effort. It's it's happening. Like yeah. whether we we see it or not, it is yeah. happening. And you have to like be totally totally good with celebrating your successes. Like True. don't sit there and say, "True, I don't want to toot my own horn," because you should. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> Beep. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more exciting than that. That was a terrible. Toot, toot. Be- toot, toot. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but can I ask you this? Yeah. We got an email um, from somebody that I connected with, and it says. Do you think it's possible to get better without therapy? Things can improve just naturally when you get further and further from postpartum, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I don't want to discredit therapy because I've utilized it. You've utilized it. I think it's a totally, it can be a totally crucial piece. I just, um, I jotted this down in the middle of the night last night and I brought it up to Julie this morning. I said, isn't it crazy that there were times in this postpartum depression, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're in, where I was sure I couldn't blank, fill in the blank. I was sure I could never drop my kid off at daycare. The thought of, and that was the anxiety piece, right? The thought of dropping Danielle at a daycare or preschool made me want to hurl. And I was sure, I was 100% positive, I couldn't do it. I was sure I'd never get out of depression. I was sure that no amount of medication, no amount of therapy was going to help me. I was sure about that. I was sure I was never going to enjoy being away from my home as a military wife, right? We first got married. I was depressed my first year of marriage because I was sure this wasn't for me. I needed to get out. This felt wrong. needed to run. And I I cannot stress enough. I was 100% sure. And today, right now, I've debunked every single one of those. It's not true. Where are my kids right now? They're in preschool. Um, am I depressed today? No. Did I get out of it? Yes. Am I enjoying life as a military wife? Am I finding value away from my home? Yes. And I don't attribute it that I went and talked to someone for a couple of weeks. I think that was that can be totally helpful. And maybe if I had had the right person and the right, um, like Julie and I were saying, I, I was never offered any coping mechanisms. I was never offered any, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, right. anything tangible. I was always just 
left to kind of spew my thoughts, which some people might need that or want that. I just, I needed something to grab onto when I wasn't being offered it. Um, so my answer to her, I guess, in my own personal story is that yes, time has healed wounds, but it, it's because I've reached for a ton of things. I've reached for not just one thing. I've, I've reached for something and it hasn't worked. I've reached for something else. It hasn't worked. I reached out to therapy. It didn't work. I reached out to you in a doctor's office one day that worked. I read, you know what I mean? Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I just, no. I kept reaching and I just feel like I don't want to discredit therapy. No. I really don't. And especially, you know, with, with Steph on board with us now, there's such a crucial piece to that. And I think Julie and I both agree that that that's part of, that can be part of the work and it's such a crucial part of the work. But for me personally, to answer her question, because I didn't have someone great like, like Stephanie, I had this lady and I probably should have sought out someone else. Anyway, not, not going to go back ink on the page. Yeah. <laughs> right. But my answer was that yes. And I, I do want to give people that hope. I don't want to, I don't want to dead end you and say, well, you're never going to pull yourself out unless you do blank. Everybody's so different. You're yeah. so different. I'm so different. We all suffer from different types of anxiety and different types of depression. But overall, as moms, as women, I have such a confidence and such a hope that if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And my answer to her would be yes and no. I, I think that you have to be willing to try new things. And if therapy is something you want to try, then do it. If it's something that you feel like it's going to bring more anxiety to your life, because there was a point in time where I was like, there, I will never find time in my day. I will never be able to get a sitter every day or every Friday at one o'clock because Joe was gone. Um, so I would say if it's something that you want to do and explore, then do it. I would, I have been to therapy several times and there were people that were good and there were people that weren't good for me. So you have to figure out what kind of therapy works for you. I, for me personally, I love to do work at home. And that was part of my success in all of this is that I did go to therapy and they gave me words and they helped me understand radical thinking was the big, or I'm sorry, radical acceptance was the last one that the big takeaway from my therapist that I had back in May. When I hit rock bottom, I was desperate. I was like, I was contacting my doctor. I was contacting uh, Military One Source for, for counseling. I was contacting my family, letting them know exactly where I was at. I was reaching out to new friends. I put the girls in school. We started this blog. I tried everything. I went on medication. I went off my birth control pills. I started seeing the therapist. I started this self-awareness work. And so I think, like you said, you have to try a ton of different things and you have to decide. This is me personally. I feel like it is important to decide. I will not live like this anymore. I will not subject my children to this anymore because for me, when I hit rock bottom, it was a scary place to be for my children. Like there were moments when I feared being around my children for their safety and for what I was putting onto them. And I made a decision in those moments to not go back, that I was going to reach for anything, whether it was therapy or medication or um, this work, this self, and nothing was going to be too silly or too weird or too, um, like, I didn't care about any myths, social myths about Stigmas. stigmas. I didn't care because I looked at those girls and I knew that day when things hit rock bottom that I could not be this mom anymore. So for me, I feel like you have to 
from, I just feel like I, it seems harsh, but I feel like you have to get to a point where you have to take accountability and say, I refuse to live like this anymore for me, for my husband and for my children. Like this isn't fair to any of us. And you have to decide that you're going to try whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And if, like I said, I could not get to a therapist. So I did phone consults. Yeah, that was interesting to me. I didn't even know you could do that. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Even what Stephanie does, like, I love that. Like, reaching out to – there are people out there like Stephanie who is willing to offer her services for free or for a small fee or they're meeting you where you're at in your home with your kids so that you don't have to find – Add one more thing to your plate where you're saying, okay, well, now I have the anxiety of finding a sitter so that I can go to these appointments because I have to get to these appointments and that's one more stress to your day because I was there and it wasn't working for me. But I was willing to try anything. So I said, okay, I have, like, counseling has to be a part of it because I feel like it's a multi, like, I had to be hit from every angle for me. And so I was like unwilling to just say, okay, that's a dead end road. I'm going to have to try something else. No, I was going to find a therapist that could meet me where I was at. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, um, I've had good therapists and I've had bad therapists, but I, in that mo and so in that moment, I was a little hesitant, um, to just be like, throw myself into that. So I didn't, I didn't just pick one route and like put all my eggs in that basket. And I love the analogy I think that Steph said where you go to a you break your leg you go to a hospital and the hospital help like fixes your leg puts the cast on your leg but then you go home and you do rehab right you do PT and I feel like they are both this like I feel like you need both at times depending on how bad you are um in your anxiety and and how much it controls your life you have to go to the hospital to get your leg fixed but then you come home and you constantly do the work because for Molly and I, it's every choice, every second of every day is a choice and it's exhausting work. But I can't just go to a therapist for one hour right. and then come home and then do nothing the other 23 hours of the day. Right. That makes no sense. So you have to find a therapist that is going to help you find tools to use when you're at home. And then you have to commit to doing those things when you're at home because going for an hour a day isn't enough. Right. I, I don't believe it. Maybe Stephanie can offer some more insight on this topic. But for me personally, I felt like I, I had to agree with you. Yeah. And this is really, I have to share this and you have to grab your phone and take a picture right now. So I have this finger on my right hand. I broke it and I went to the hospital, got the cast on, ended up needing surgery. Right. And did. So doctor fixes my finger and then they write me the script to go to physical therapy that I have to go because, you know, it was broken. I need to, I need to rehab it. I never did because I was couldn't be bothered. I couldn't go. <laughs> it was my pinky finger, people. Come on. Like, do I really need to right. go to therapy for a pinky finger? Well, look at my finger now. I didn't do the work. I relied only on that one step to fix me. I have not been able to use this finger the rest of my life. Like, this finger just – look how it – like, it doesn't work. This, I, this finger on my hand – is non-functional. It does not work. Uh, yes, I can confirm this. <laughs> so, oh my god! I just have to, like as you're saying this analogy, I'm like, they, I I lived that. I did that. I went and got quote unquote fixed, and it is not fixed. It is very much um, a hindrance on my life. <laughs> I thank God you don't really need it that much. But there you go. I didn't do the work. I didn't go home. I was too 
too lazy too lazy and that's too the wrapped thing. up it's in like, whatever like i forget how old i was i was maybe like 12 like, who's like yeah i couldn't even drive myself there come on like i wasn't gonna sit there and squeeze the stupid ball like they had told me to yeah. like how silly or how you know don't look at it as silly don't look at it it's as not. a nuisance don't look at it as not important that's it's, why i feel like when we were talking about our um if you go on our website there's kind of a form you can fill out that asks you questions and i feel like that is an important step if you if you go to our blog up at the top it says what does it say your journey starts here yeah your journey starts here and it's kind of your journey to self-awareness and it asks you like 10 or 12 questions and i feel like that was so important because for me in my journey because i had to be honest with myself about the things that were working in my life and the things that weren't yeah. and that way when i did go see a therapist I wasn't just rambling and rambling and rambling. Like I don't, for me, I didn't want to go to a therapist and just talk. I wanted to say, okay, like I wanted to show her that I'm doing work at home as well. So like at that point in time when I was seeing a therapist, I was also already working on self-awareness and mindfulness. And she had brought this third piece into my life, this um, radical acceptance, because like I played the victim in my life. And I feel like a lot of people who are stuck in, in this victim mentality um, and like, I, I, they're like, they, they say that they struggle with rage and, um, just worry and this anxiety. It's like you almost, and I was there, you don't take accountability and you don't like, I just, I don't know if, I don't know what it was in those moments, but I just like, I hit rock bottom and I said, I will not continue on and I will not stop until I'm fixed. Like I will not stop until I don't behave like this anymore. And I feel like it was an important part because you have to realize that like there is no cure waiting out there for you. Like the cure is like my, your mind, you know, and it's work. It's, it's filling yourself up with like these positive things. It's realizing and identifying what isn't working. Like something as simple as playing people on the floor with your children. That was huge for me because I spent hours with these kids like doing this um, homeschooling stuff. And it, I was miserable. Like I don't like doing crafts and I had to like ask myself these hard questions and just be honest about every piece of my life, about the military, about being a stay at home mom, about, um, your past. Yeah. My past, every, every aspect of my life I had to confront and deal with. And I wasn't going to stop until I no, uh, and it doesn't happen in a day or or an hour. It'll never, it'll never happen. It's ongoing. It's yeah. an ongoing thing. And once I realized that, and once I realized I am in control, I was able to start to make healthy changes in my life. So I, I it, boom. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know because everybody is so <laughs> I felt different. Like I needed a boom. But I feel like it's a huge part of it, and I don't know. I, I this is why I'd love to have Stephanie's opinion, just from a medical. St- point yeah. of view but yeah for me and my journey and molly and hers i feel like it can be done without therapy um but i feel like it's also an important part like i feel like it could be an important part for you so i right. think you have to look at what works for you and what doesn't work for you and, and you'll never know unless you reach unless for you it, try right yeah maybe one therapist doesn't work for you so try a new one like yeah. um that was any- my mistake was that i tried the one and i didn't go find another one and i think we were talking to a friend about that the other day where she found one that um, wasn't for her and does it end there? Do you, no, do you write off right. therapy there? I did and I pro- I really probably shouldn't have. I should have sought out a Stephanie. Oh, I wish yeah. we had Stephanie on because I wonder what her advice would be about that when you, because yeah. it is hard. I, I mean, 
I have not even set up a, a vision appointment in two years. I'm still wearing the same pair of contacts I'm for the last, last yeah, for yeah. how many months though? Like months and months, months. and months yeah, for the same contacts. So I, it, the therapist is no different. Like I mm-hmm. don't take care of myself. So how hard is it? And I know it's just a phone call, but for me, it's really tough. Is it to make that appointment to f- go through and find a therapist? Well, it's, it's doing the research. It's, 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 yeah, it's a lot of work. Recommendations. Some people don't even want to talk about it like you and I are okay talking about but what if you don't even want people to know you need one so there's even more work because you feel like you're kind of like skirting around behind like secretively yeah finding somebody we need to just be open and honest and yeah because say. part of my issue Molly I remember when I was like okay I'm gonna do this like part of it was getting over the fear of calling picking up the phone right. talking to somebody calling the doctor and be like I have a problem I need help that That's phone call part. was so hard for me yeah. It was so hard for me. And I wonder what um, Stephanie would say about like when you have a bad experience because, you know, therapists are like any other person. You get a doctor sure. and you want a second opinion. You went, went to a restaurant. You didn't sure. like their food. There's bad you cops. Go to- there's bad doctors. There's bad. Exactly. So I wonder what her her um, her advice would be. We'll, we're going to ask her and get back to you guys on this about yeah. when you have a bad experience. How do you find a therapist that is good for you? Because for me, like I said, I like the cognitive behavioral therapy aspect of it because I want to know tools that I can take home with me because I feel like that's an important part. I feel like from my my story, I don't think that just going and talking for an hour is enough. I feel like you have to go home with something to work on right. constantly. I totally agree. So, uh, well, we're going to ask Steph um, her opinion on this yeah. and get back to you about how to find a therapist, um, how to know what kind of therapy is best for you. Um, and we're just going to have her, her. Yeah, let's do this. Let's say if you've stuck around and you've listened to our whole episode here and you're still with us and you've got questions, like the questions that Julie and I have for Steph, because I'm thinking our next step is a three part, is a podcast with her. So maybe we get her on here and we... Um, compile some questions so email us your questions yeah totally confidentially we don't you know yeah 100 percent. email us um we'll at least get something to start you know with our questions included we'll have plenty to talk about but maybe that's a good idea we yeah. open it up to everybody and, and just kind of get our take on on this stuff because it can be such a crucial point i'm so glad that friend um, reached out and emailed us and was brave yeah, because enough that's to like that's that part of it right mm-hmm. like being being willing to own up that like reach out to friends and like yeah. search for help like I just I so appreciate this girl because um I was her and like it took me way too long to find people yeah that knew what I was going no, I'm, through I'm super proud of her and stuff I think would um share the same thoughts that that's a huge step that's a great first step even in her in Stephanie's live last night she said the first step is calling it what, what it, it is. is I did yeah. for so long and I was in denial for so long and I think there's phases to that um anyway we'll wrap this one up but I think that is a to be continued yeah, because it's a tough question. It is, but I hope we've uh, painted a decent picture yeah. of our realities and our um, our experiences, our experience, our work. So thanks for sticking around. This yeah, is, thanks, guys. For this longer one. Um, and please get your questions in because I know Stephanie is like happy to help and we are happy to keep talking about anxiety for as long as we need to because mm-hmm. it's such a big, important topic yeah, that so many moms struggle with. So until next time, guys, thanks so much and enjoy your weekend. Bye.